Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the west coast of France, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the east coast of the U.S. I'm on a little vacation here, but want to continue to bring you guys these videos as we are want to do each and every weekday of this regular season. Definitely want to make sure you're liked and subscribed. We've got a little two-game slate tonight, Nate. Uh, I believe it's Thursday here as I'm still traveling and getting used to it. Uh, But on this really small NBA slate, just a couple games to go through. We are going to bring you both of those as well as our player props video where we'll scrounge out some props between these two games for you guys. Uh, Also want you to head to thelines.com. That's where we have all of our great written content this year for you guys and our odds finder tool. So you can go ahead and make sure that you are shopping those lines to the best of your ability across U.S. sportsbooks. Nate, let's talk about each of these lines real quick, and then let's get into our first game here, which is Denver and OKC. Yeah, I mean, that one right now, Denver's minus six and a half at OKC. Uh, I saw it as low as five and a half. But um, yeah, they're creeping up a little bit. The totals at 228 and a half was a little higher as well. And then the Warriors creeping up. They're minus nine at Orlando. Total of 226 there. Um, yeah, I mean, let's start with Denver here. I think the game we feel more confident in in general, um, even though I don't think we're taking either of these favorites to cover on the road. I mean, that's the number one thing here. We're super early in the season. Um, you're not going to be able to trust these these so-called playoff teams, the uh, defending champs, of course, and a team with high expectations with Denver. It's not just simple addition. Like you add guys to Jokic, who was playing with with almost nobody around him last year, and they're just going to be lights out. Like there's a lot of moving parts here. There's a lot to work through, especially on the defensive side of the ball, where they're 25th in defensive rating, they're bottom 10 in paint points, fast break points, assist to turnover ratio, and allowing the second most points in the fourth quarter. Uh, That combined with their history against OKC, they failed to cover in five straight. They've won three of those games, but the total margin is negative 11 in favor of OKC. Uh, That includes Denver beating OKC by five early in the season here, they needed to shoot 52% from three to pull that one out. They got 31 free throw attempts. Um, And the biggest difference was the second unit just got crushed because OKC, while they don't have the most talent or, you know, you you know, maybe it's sort of a a feint that they don't start their best players all the time. And then all of a sudden they're throwing out guys off the bench, like, Jeremiah Robinson, Trey Mann, you know, whoever it is that's like, they're, they're giving you problems. They're absolutely very athletic. Um, this, this team, this franchise, they do play to win games early in the season. Like if this game was in March, I think we'd say like, okay, well, SGA is going to be a scratch or something and they're just going to throw it away. But OKC's won four straight and they gone, they're over in three of those. They're six and one against the spread on the season. And the most important thing Impressive thing was that they had an overtime win in Dallas, a Dallas team that's way more coherent right now than Denver. Uh, They held Dallas to eight for 20 from three. Their defense is solid against the three, fifth in the league. In fact, Um, they do struggle in terms of pain points. But I think if, you know, that's why I'm just looking at Denver's 52% three-point shooting as an outlier, saying that's not really going to be there again. Um, and the fact that Jokic hasn't really lit them up, OKC, especially on the road, 18 points per game in his last three trips to OKC. I just have a hard time imagining Denver pulling away here uh, to cover seven. 
Yeah, it, it feels like a lot. Um, you know, it's it's two teams that I don't know. I, I, it's fair to say, right, that like Denver seems to be underachieving a bit, um, and OKC definitely seems to be overachieving a bit. I, I would say we need to realize that they it, it feels weird to say but they've been the beneficiary of playing the clippers twice that feels weird to say right like they're over the clippers over under before the season started it's like 52 and a half uh and Kawhi is like six to one to be the mvp and i don't think he's suited up yet right so a lot of weird uh predictions ahead of the season that are not you know coming true and and, and it's because this team looks you know the, the team right now anyway for for denver uh and the way that they're really you know already coming out uh at this point versus uh the, the teams that they played is really concerning as well because i guess my main point in talking about you know okc getting to play the clips is you know this is a team that they've that they've already gotten a, a bit of an understanding right they've got their number there's their speed and athleticism and length was clearly a huge problem for the old tired looking uh you know clips the couple times they played them and then you know the the last the win against dallas is the other one that you look at and you go, huh, like there's something here for this OKC team. Like they came out and they, you know, obviously already looked kind of bad against Denver, but they covered there. Right. So uh, then they started to put the wins together and start to figure out how to close out games um, with SGA continuing to stay. in. like you said, their, their finishing lineups are lineups that they're looking to win a game. They're not just putting in guys. Like we talked about uh, the other day when we took a Lou Dort prop that missed by, you know, one. Um, But we talked about how, you know, this was a team that we liked uh, because of the fact that they were starting to keep their guys in and we were starting to see them trying to win and that's been the case the last couple times it's been all defense dude right like this team is is 25th in offense right now overall um they don't play at a very fast pace it's it's kind of what you would expect when they're trying to keep you know these young guys in check let's like actually run some offense and let's let's slow it down a bit their, their half court offense is actually not that bad um to, you know compared to really just the fact that they're not getting out in transition but it's really everything on defense for them with what the fifth best defensive rating uh, right now and their ability to defend the three. Right. And that's, that's sort of, I mean, we it, look, I don't want to simplify the NBA to guarding and, def, you know, and shooting the three, but it's what we talk about all the time. Uh, OKC is in the top five and being able to do that. Denver is not right. Denver's in the bottom seven or so in terms of defending the three point line right now. Um, and it's, it's what you continue to kind of, you know, expect from them because of the way that this roster is built, you know, you would think that the additions that they've gotten of, of, of Bruce Brown and, and KCP would be a little bit helpful for the fact that they were also pretty bad defending the three last year um, but it has not been the case so far this season so uh you know like we were saying six and a half just seems a bit much right now i'm happy to continue to take some of these spreads with these underdogs at the beginning of the season when all these teams are clearly trying right now um i I, obviously some are trying while throwing out worse rosters but this okc team is not one of them anymore which i'm really happy to say it's finally coming together in a way that um yeah i think that if they're gonna be seven and a half dogs to any of these teams outside of you know let's say the top two or three teams in each conference which right now denver is outside of that for sure um then yeah I, I would go ahead and take those points and i'll continue to do so yeah i mean it's more for me about what denver's not doing yet i mean even you look at last year they were not the type of team to back as favorites especially in the division they went 23 and 31 against the spread as favorites they went 5 11 against the spread in the division and this you know at first glance you look at a denver okc game and you're like oh that's that could go either way like for sure that's a, that's a toss-up Early in the season, I mean, even late in the season, if they're gunning for spoiler, I, I, Denver played a lot of really close games on the road. Their average margin of victory was 1.2. So far, they're 0-3 against the spread on the road um, in this season. And we should mention the huge rest advantage here, which I don't think is really going to matter for OKC that they played two nights. They're on normal rest. They played two nights ago. Denver's been off since Sunday, uh, which I think will help. 
Jamal Murray um, and and some of their vets, you know, definitely come out with better energy. So maybe there is something for the over based on that logic, which is dropping a little bit. I'd be interested in a teaser maybe to get OKC at plus 10 and, and then whatever else you like from the other game or to get the over a little lower here. Uh, because OKC, I mean, you said not with much pace, but they're, they are fifth in pace and they're 25th in offensive rating though. Probably in the last couple of games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're 29th in three point shooting, which I don't know if that's really going to regress, but they are dead last in free throw rate, uh, which I think can regress positively. They, Denver doesn't have great rim protection and OKC's fourth in paint points, which so. Right. While Denver's offense might regress from that hot three-point shooting they had the last time they met, um, OKC could, could could continue to just get to the rim and hold up their end of the bargain in terms of scoring. So I think points is fair and just a competitive team that, you know, so with this, with that, without SGA, Josh, they're 15 and 51 since 2020, but they're about 500 when he plays, you know, they're solid. They, they compete in this division. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and, and you're, you're spot on there with the, uh, the, the points in the paint as well, as, as you mentioned, they're a third scoring that Denver's in the uh, 24th there in terms of defending paint uh, and giving up uh, that many points a game. So just, yeah, a, a lot of things that it's similar to, um, to what we're going to talk about in that golden state Orlando game. There's one team that does things all, everything they do is generated from the paint and down low with four, seven footers, the, uh, you know, and, and look, Josh Giddy's a six foot nine point guard. They're also, you know, a, a team while he may be coming off the bench a lot. Um, he's also, you know, when he's in there a lot of the time with SGA, you've got two guys who can really handle the ball and initiate offense, and they're just big all over the floor at all of these positions. So you, you continue to like that against a Denver team that I mean, guys like Bruce Brown, he's what he's he's like a six foot three center. So um, they should still be able to get theirs uh, in terms of Denver's you know ability. Obviously, you have a couple of six foot ten guys too, and you have both Aaron Gordon and MPJ on the floor at the same time with Jokic. But it, it hasn't really been there for them right now in terms of uh, the defense, especially, and then even some of the spacing on offense as they get all of those guys involved really for the first time since that eight games before they lost Jamal Murray and, and MPJ a couple of seasons ago. So Nate, let's go ahead and get into this two game slate and then kick off the Warriors and the Magic in Orlando tonight. Yeah, I mean, that game right now, we got Orlando plus nine at home. We got the total at 226. Money lines plus 324 Orlando. Uh, that does seem unlikely, but the spread's pretty big. And then the other game, Denver at OKC. Thunder right now getting six and a half points. They're plus 210 on the money line, and that total shrunk a little bit to 228. Um, and I think we don't trust either road team to cover here uh, this early in the season. I don't really trust any contender to be firing on all cylinders, especially what the, the Warriors have shown after winning a championship, that they are just not – uh, you know, coming out with much energy at all. Uh, Draymond yeah. supposed to be the, the tone center on defense. Well, he, he has not been that, uh, especially on the road. I mean, they have notable home road splits. Usually it was the offense taking a big step back on the road, uh, but they're dead last in defensive rating in their last three games at 119. And they've lost all three games at Detroit, Charlotte, and Miami. Miami also going through their struggles. So, I mean, not like Orlando is necessarily better than those teams. Um, they, they've, you know, they're one and seven on the year, only covered twice, but both of those were their only two home games. So yep. that's the key here. It's a really interesting X's and O's matchup that makes me think um, 
I probably would would bet small if I'm going to bet it at all until we see how the Warriors play against a team that's playing four bigs at a time right now. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do think Orlando is positioned to guard them well. I mean, Bull Bull might be a big, but he is very quick and he's your nominal starting point guard. It's going to be tough to get the same type of actions you want um, to be able to get the same type of looks over him. who's like seven, three. And, you know, then they have multiple bigs at the back line guarding. Um, they've, they've done a pretty good job guarding the rim thus far. I mean, with Golden State, it always comes down to opponents, three point shooting and their top 10 in that. Uh, the they've somehow won four straight home games against Golden State. I mean, some either Steph or Clay was out for each of those games, but I just again I see the schedule. I see Golden State in Orlando, and I'm like, that is not an easy win for them. For they just they hate traveling down to the to Florida like Golden State and Miami. Not a, not an easy cover at all. Um, they they just have not been good on the road against East coast teams, especially when they're on these long road trips. And now you got the fourth game of it. So I'm, yeah, I'm on the home teams here. The, the feisty young home teams. If you tease them both up and you just need them both to stay within single digits, I think you should be, feel pretty confident about that on a two game slate here. Yeah. And you, you get them both at home and guess who has the, and you said it, they're two and O against the spread at home one and one, um, on the year, uh, straight up at home, but guess who has, uh, the fifth best offensive rating at home so far through two games at 116 of any of these home teams, right? The Orlando magic, they actually drop, um, their defensive rating a bit. Cause I think they're selling out. I mean, no, whatever. It's been two games. One of them was versus Charlotte who has absolutely no defense that they play at any point. Um, and, and then, you know, obviously the, the, uh, other game that they covered at home. Uh, I already forgot who it was, uh, but either way they're, they're playing a lot more offense at home, which is nice. Um, I don't think that there's much reason to believe in, um, in anything that I'm sorry. I do think that there's a ton of reason to believe in what we've seen uh, from the, the dub so far on their East coast road trip in the last three games as, as you know, valid. I, I don't think that there's any sort of weird anomalies here. They've lost these last three games that they've lost um, to Charlotte, Detroit and Miami in really the same fashion that they, you know, that, that they're losing when they lose this season, right? They're just allowing a ton of second chance points. They're allowing their opponent to get to the free throw line at the second highest rate. Um, you know, they're playing at a little bit of a slower pace. It's actually a little bit misleading that they're playing so fast um, on, the, on the season because it's mostly at home where they play at 107 pace. Um, by the time, you know, when they're playing on the road, that they're actually bottom 10 uh, in terms of how fast they're playing. And um, it, it's just been all bad. It's, it, it's the, sh- it's, it sounds simplistic, um, but this team isn't, the way that they're playing this season, the things that they're bad at are the things that they're always bad at. They're, they, they turn the ball over. They're not great. They haven't been great at rebounding when they don't have either Looney or, or when they don't have both Looney Draymond on the floor at the same time, not a very good rebounding team. Um, and then, you know, but, but the thing is they're not shooting. Right. And so if they're going to continue to be the same team and expect them to win, then they have to shoot. Well, Poole in the last three games, his splits are 45% from the field, 32 Wiggins shooting 40% from 
from the field. Steph is 45, 29 from three is Steph right now. And then Clay's been bad all season, 36% from the floor, 26% from three. That's just these last three games on the road. Um, all this stuff is sort of, you know, similar to what was going on with them last season, where at home, they were one of the best teams in NBA history uh, went before a bunch of players got hurt. And then, uh, you know, uh, on the road, they were just eh, mediocre at best, even when they had every single player in. Uh, so I, it's like I said, this is these are all things that, you know, we almost expect them to continue to turn the ball over. The defensive rating has been brutal. Seventh worst in the league. And over the last three, like we said, just the worst in the league dead last um, with the second worst net rating. So um, if they're going to continue to turn the ball over in Orlando, you know, isn't a team that scores a ton of points off of turnovers. But like I said, they get everything down low. Uh, fifth in percentage points in the paint. The, the dubs are not defending the paint. Nobody is for them. Um, so I, I don't know, man, like I, the dubs are going to need to do a lot right now at three and five. I do think there's some legitimacy to a championship hangover combined with a team that then went and played in, in, in Asia for like a couple of weeks right before the season. And then also a team that came back and had their, one of their best four players punch one of their other best five players in the league uh, or in, on their team in, in practice. And it went out and the video gets out. So there's a lot that they're reeling from, but I think the, the, the main point is, is the shooting needs to come through for them. And I, I don't see it just, materializing on the road in Orlando as it's never really a strong point for them when they do play these games. So, yeah. And the big thing is this is the front end of a back to back and they're in new Orleans tomorrow. And that's a much bigger game in terms of getting hyped up for. So I think the mentality from the dubs is like, let's try to scrape this one out. Any means necessary. They're obviously not thinking about a spread, which betters might be And Orlando's mentality is just like, we got the champs coming to our house this is our one shot to get a home win against Golden State. Um, yeah, they're going to be charged up and, and playing hard for four quarters. And Golden State in the fourth quarter, wow, this is unbelievable. They go from like fourth in scoring in, in every other quarter to 25th. And then yeah. they also give up the third most points in the fourth quarter. So really struggling to close games thus far. Also giving up the most free th- made free throws, third most attempts. Um, and to opponents and, and like you said, yeah. not being able to, to protect the paint. Look, Draymond can, can, I'm really interested to see if he matches up on Paolo and how that goes, but yeah. then the magic just have plenty of other bigs to give them problems. Right. Um, on that end of the floor. And like I said, I mean, they have some lengthy bigs that can still move their feet and, and play good defense on the other end. I don't think it's necessarily an accident that they've been, in these games with the Warriors, I think travel has a lot to do with it, but also and, and overlooking Orlando has a lot to do with it, but yeah. also some pretty good scheme, um, schematic things. And, and then just some young athletic bigs that are able to make the switches, you know, no, notice the, the pet actions that the Warriors like to run and not just give up the easiest threes that can really, it is really necessary for the Warriors to win by double digits as if that, that avalanche of three just starts happening. Yep, and that and that avalanche of threes also comes uh, from other teams rushing their offense, and then the Dubs playing in transition, not necessarily getting fast breaks. They don't care about necessarily getting to the rim directly, having a three on two. They're happy with like a two on two fast break where they kick it out to somebody uh, for a three in transition. And even that stuff hasn't been here. They're just letting they're letting things in. Uh, you know, team score, get second chance points, which is what they're also second or dead last in um, this season is allowing teams to get second chance points. So if they're going to be giving up 
up these offensive rebounds, uh, it doesn't allow them to get in transition and get down the floor quickly, right? Which is a, a huge reason for the issues of their shooting as their offensive sets also look really bad right now. So um, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Like it, it's interesting too, because it's not just them playing Orlando on these road trips is interesting because Orlando is usually at the tail end, if not the very last game that they play on these road trips, because they start Northeast and they work their way down. Right. And, and this one, they're finishing in the South again. They happen to have the Pellies uh, tomorrow night, which is just even more reason to go. Yeah. Clearly you overlook Orlando uh, in, in, in this situation um, because you really, really want to show out in, in a game where, you know, you've got Zion and the Pellies on, on, on television. I don't know. I actually don't know if it's national or not, but either way, there's gonna be a ton of eyeballs on that game right so uh yeah so i think that this is a huge overlook game for them uh trap game and everything if you like uh orlando on the money line right now i'm not going to tell you to stay away from it if you're going to bet on them in general like i'm going to go ahead and take the nine points and feel really good about it without even needing to tease or anything but plus 320 on a money line in a game that should be close in the fourth quarter where nate just told you that the dubs have been atrocious in the fourth quarter this year uh which is just completely contrarian to what we've come to expect for them since Stephen team has been there so we'll see on this one take the nine for sure though and and consider potentially an under although i will say if the dubs are going to win this game they need to pick this pace up i i there's no way they know that if jordan pool one of jordan pool and steph or both are on the floor like their defense is in trouble in the half court in which case they just need to be running and gunning so that's the only situation where if you do believe in the dubs at all and you think that they're going to try to push the pace you might consider an over in this one but once again it's just opposing forces as the the magic are going to be trying to slow that down and keep things in the half court as much as possible and I think that will be what prevails inevitably. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place. Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and get into the first of our props for tonight. Yeah, no pressure, Josh, but Mo pinch hitting hit. We went four for four last night, uh, breaking a little skid that we had the previous two games. So Fair. let's try to get back on the on the high note here. Channel my inner Mo. Yeah, I mean, that just means taking under on everything, but <laughs> we're going a little more over happy today. Uh, Jamal Murray is at 16 and a half points and we know the dude's a bucket. He just, he's been off for an entire year plus in fact, I mean, in, injured at the end of the 2021 season. Um, so it's kind of a wait and see in terms of, is he back? Uh, but you know, the nuggets have been off for three full days. They haven't played since Sunday. So if there's a time to back him, it's now, especially when you look at the last game before they were off, he, I mean, he dropped 21 played at the season high 32 minutes nearly a 30% usage against Lakers team. That's like top three defensive rating, right? Um, The thunder are, have plenty of vulnerabilities. Um, And earlier this season, he went for 16 on a 28% usage rate in just 28 minutes against OKC. You look at his last two before he was injured against the thunder. Um, He certainly had at least a 27% usage rate, got at least 21 
and attempted about seven threes a game when you average all three of those together. So plus 140 for him to hit three threes, which he again did in his last game there against the Lakers. He went three for seven. I like the I like the juice there, but I think your safe bet is just 16 and a half points uh, for guys well rested and um, you know is capable of just going off. Also, Jokic has been much quieter when they're at OKC in terms of his mm-hmm. scoring. Uh, I think this is an opportunity for Denver to get Murray a little bit more involved and, and Jokic to facilitate for him. Yeah, and I mean, if they're going to continue to increase his minutes uh, and bring him along, then I, you know you easily get ahead of that. And sixteen and a half is still, you know, really low for a guy who obviously can average close to twenty four when he when he's right. So uh, no no qualms there, and, and definitely down to get ahead of uh, Jamal Murray's uh, points props before they get too high this season if he's going to continue to to trend upward. But um, I'm going to go over again, as you mentioned, a little bit over happy. Although we do have uh, one under in here for you, but this one is not it. J- Jordan Poole, um, we talk about that Orlando game and kind of like Orlando, but Jordan Poole on this road trip has looked really good. Um, his his points, rebounds, and assists right now is minus 115 on FanDuel to go ahead and hit, get over 23 and a half. Um, if you think there's, you know, the likelihood of, of him putting up uh, either the rebounds or assists, um, you know, you can, you can go ahead and get some some double-double. We have some player performance opportunities in there. But, uh, I, you know, I think we like Orlando to cover nine, but that's not what we're worried about here. Like I said, on the road trip for him, um, 21 points a game with a 28% usage rate. And that's really what we're hoping for is he continues to get usage, uh, especially when, you know, if he's going to get the minutes as well uh, and, and play some with that starting lineup, you still like him. Uh, is he shooting better than, you know, Clay Thompson is at this point? Even Wiggs has come down to earth a bit, especially from his field goal percentage. So um, he likes playing against Orlando probably because he continues to get time as you know, they have sat guys like clay or Steph uh, and they do have a back to back. This is the front end of it. So it is possible that even one of those guys sits again um, and, and it could be a reason to contribute to him playing well against Orlando where in the last three, he's averaged 20 points uh, against them, four boards, five assists around that 28, 29% usage rate that we, that he's been seeing recently. Um, and like I said, without Steph, if, if there is the possibility that anybody sits or even Steph, you know, one of those guys sitting, um, you know, and he, and he does tend to increase some of this stuff that he does when they played Orlando without Steph last time, 26, two and six on a 31% usage rate. Right. So, um, you know, I think there's plenty of reason to like Jordan Poole com- coming off the bench and then getting plenty of minutes tonight to get over the, you know, to get 24 points, rebounds and assists against a team that he's averaging close to 20 points against, uh, the last few times he's played them. Yeah. I mean, his scoring prop is also just 16 and a half, same as Murray here. Um, and it's kind of the same expectation. I mean, a guy with like a 27% usage rate as a floor, a guy who's averaging 21 on the road since the end of February, um, when they started to give him more responsibilities, when he became a much bigger part of this offense, right? So, I mean, I think you you have no problem just going with the points. The peripheral stats aren't going to blow you away with Poole, but it's kind of a sharp move to bet this either early or then, or bet it if Steph and Clay are both ruled in and and it looks like the Warriors have their whole team, but then you look at the schedule and you know that they're probably going to scale back those guys minutes a little bit so that they're fresh for the Pelicans and pool. They just let go whenever, whenever they need to, um, to to pick up that slack. So I'll stay in this game and go with Wendell Carter. Uh, I wanted to take it over for the guy. I mean, he went for 30 and 12 in his last game Paolo took a step back, and my logic was going to be that Draymond is going to be all over Paolo tonight here and and force the Magic to find some other sources of offense. But, they, I mean, they have so many bigs, yeah. and it's led to a real step back in usage for Mr. Carter here. 
on the season uh, his usage rate down to 20 percent uh whereas like much closer to 25 percent last year when they didn't have the young rook etc uh golden state's given up a ton of production though uh the most points per game to centers 30 but again they have like three centers out there uh and a ton of rebounds 16 and a half but I think the rebounds is usually just about sheer pace because it's not like Golden State's inefficient and giving you a lot of rebound opportunities, but huge discrepancy home and road in terms of their pace. Like we said in the game video, they dropped from a pace of 106 to 98 on the road this season. They were 99 last year in terms of pace, and that just led to much lower production. So that is all to say, uh, Wendell Carter, 29.5 points, rebounds, assists. I will go under there. Not really a big assist guy, so that just gives you a little more breathing room than 26.5 for the points and rebounds. At the same time, I'll take plus 120 on him to get a double-double. I just think it'll be more like 12-10. and 10. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't think he's going to follow up that 30-12 game with a big outing here against the Warriors. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, we'll see what the pace is. I know the Dubs are going to try to run it up, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like you said, there's there's three centers on the floor uh, and whatever you consider Palo. So uh, there's you know a plenty of guys that need to be guarded by different guys, and I don't think you can just stick uh, Draymond on you know one person and say go ahead. I think it depends on some of the lineups. Uh, we'll see how Kerr you know rotates big guys in. Who do you trust guys? Uh, someone like Wiseman against whose defensive rating continues to be absolute duty. Um, but if if you know Draymond switch around and stuff like that it's not like you can just bank on one guy getting the attention of of, of a guy like wiseman and, and and go from there so we'll see i I'm, i don't hate it though and and it's in, very interesting to me and, and hilarious that you know you're not exactly the loosest better nate but it's very funny like it's i like it it's just interesting to see you go i think he's gonna go under in the in this one category but i think the double double at plus money still feels good because yeah it would be much closer to like 15 and 10 uh rather than the, the 32 that he just put up so um i'm gonna finish things off here nate with an over of a guy who's just continues to have a terrific season because he's finally playing all the time and that's uh shea gilgis alexander sga over you know there's a lot of things you could talk about tonight with, with him uh against this nuggets team um assists uh, is the one that we're talking about right now or rebounds and assists he, he's gonna have a high point total all the time this season it's like 27 and a half uh depending where you find it tonight um so the assist though at five and a half uh plus 105 on, on DraftKings. you can also talk about the 10 and a half rebounds and assists combined um which is you know close to what he he averages this season already and in his last eight versus denver 19 points a game but then six and a half rebounds and six and a half assists a game as well during that time uh you talk about this four game win streak for for this thunder team who's Amazing on defense again, but their offense is fueled by this guy. Uh, Thirty-two and a half a game, five boards, seven and a half assists or so um, in his thirty-six minutes per game or so, and that's you know so that his thirty-six per is is wonderful. Thirty-two, five and seven, and then um, thirty-three percent usage rate in that time frame. So uh, you mentioned you know it, there's a possibility, and you, you were you were cautious about this in terms of KCP now being such a good perimeter defender uh, and likely to get a lot of the time opening up on on SGA uh, to try and you know get a bigger, uh, quick defender on him like KCP, but the last couple that he's played against KCP when he was on Washington last season, 32, 3, and 8, and 15, 8, and 9. So continuing to get, you know, 
above the rebound and assist uh, rate that we like there. Um, and Denver overall is just, they're allowing the fourth, fourth most points per game to point guards. Um, they're allowing eight and a half assists to point guards, about ninth overall, or uh, ninth most overall that they're allowing. Uh, and then they just are allowing a ton of uh, assists in general and not turning the other team over. They're dead second to last in their opponent's uh, assist to turnover ratio. So when, when you've got a guy who's going to have the usage rate, who's going to have the ball in his hands as much as he is with SGA, you, you, you like the points, but you really, really like him to continue to get close to eight assists and then just need, you know, a couple boards to really put you over that 10 and a half. Yeah, the points is too much for me. It's 27 and a half. I mean, he's totally capable of getting there, but I don't think it's something you want to make part of your formula for betting. Like, let's bet on a 30-point game yeah. uh, every time out. I mean, he's fluctuated pretty wildly in these types of matchups, but he's also put up great peripheral numbers. Whenever he gets 36 minutes, he's a, he's a per 36 monster. And like we yeah. said, OKC is playing a win early in the season, so they're going to give him his time. And that's why I love, yeah, 11 rebounds and assists. Uh, I think he will get that way, one way or another. Love it. Cool. And that is all the time we have for you guys in this one. Definitely want to make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. We're coming back to you each and every weekday with these picks, these player props and game picks. So until we see you next, happy betting. <laughs>